Hey folks, I'm back with another 5-Minute Friday, uh, although it's not actually Friday by the time you'll hear this, and this one might be longer than 5 minutes. But today I wanted to actually talk about uh, tips for quarterly planning, or whatever kind of planning process, 6-month annual that, that your company goes through. <laughs> it's uh, actually Q2 planning season at my day job at Amplitude right now, and I was writing out some tips for my team for how to get through the planning session uh, successfully. And I kind of just wanted to share that with uh, readers and listeners as well. <laughs> so five key concepts for today. First is storytelling. Um, I think quarterly planning is a tremendous opportunity to actually tell the story for how the things you're shipping actually matter to customers and the business. And some of the best storytellers do a great job of connecting prior releases with current releases, with subsequent releases. So actually creating a narrative for how the things you had shipped last quarter now compound in this quarter and will ultimately pay off in a future quarter. Um, it's really the way to break free of whatever planning cadence you have, because I've heard a lot of people complain about, oh, quarterly is too frequent, or you know, if, if we make it biannual uh, or annual, it's, it's hard to show the impact. And really the storytelling is how you connect the dots. And then you don't really care how often you're doing a check-in or a progress update or a planning cycle. The, the story can span whatever milestones you choose. Um, and so definitely connecting the dots across releases pre and post the current timeframe, I think are critical. The second thing, uh, and, and we do this at Amplitude, is to actually think in bets. So a lot of teams fall into the feature factory trap where they only talk about you know new releases and shiny objects. But if you think of product teams work as being potentially a feature bet, a product market fit bet, a scaling bet, growth bets, uh, performance, reliability, cost, tech debt. Um, if you have that optionality of the type of work a team could do, uh, it creates a balanced portfolio and it gives everybody a 360 view of what it takes to actually deliver value. Uh, and sometimes you have to sort of uh, invest more or less in a particular type of bet to get the outcome you desire. And so that leads me to my next point, which is outcomes. Uh, I've generally seen organizations fall into two traps here. One is they're completely not outcome driven. So they're just, they're doing random stuff because somebody, uh, an executive, a customer, a partner demanded it. Uh, and other than that, they can't really tell a story for why it matters. The other is they become so outcome obsessed that they latch onto a metric and then everything is about the metric and they just manage to that metric, which can also be dysfunctional. So I think it's really important that everything have a coherent outcome, but not that every outcome be about moving a metric. So an outcome could be discovery, it could be a decision, it could be learning more about a user persona or a market segment. Um, they should be scoped, they should be time boxed, they should have a sense for when and how uh, the outcome will come about. Uh, and if it's a metric, then it should be specific on the potential for impact. But uh, outcomes are good, artificially metrics-based outcomes are not. Next thing I want to mention is uh, dependency planning. So a big part of the planning cycle is just to disseminate what you're doing and what you're going to need from others in order to do it. And so that kind of dependency planning takes multiple reps. Uh, doing that before the actual readout is key. Uh, and there's always the usual negotiation and hard horse trading. Uh, I think where folks can get into trouble is when they try to out dependency themselves, meaning um, they're just unwilling to rely on others, whether it's other teams internally, like a platform or infrastructure team, or vendors or partners. Uh, in order to simplify their project plans, they almost try to remove the dependencies. And that just sort of you know, exponentially increases the amount of work that they have to do. So I think dependencies are a part of life and de-risking them is, is the focus that teams should have. 
And then lastly, uh, I want to make a comment about staffing. A lot of times teams uh, have a overly rosy picture of staffing. Their plans are all based on, you know, doubling the size of the team in the middle of the quarter uh, and not really accounting for the fact that hiring is, is a huge, uh, you know, uh, a bandwidth uh, constraint. Uh, and on the flip side, uh, sometimes teams are just unaware that things are going to come up that affect bandwidth. So uh, the, like the on-call rotation or a holiday schedule or people having time off or leaves. And so um, I, I'm always a little bit skeptical when teams have like an overly uh, uh, positive picture of how staffing is going to shake out. You want to make sure you have some flex and some slack in the system to accommodate for onboarding new hires or whatever else might come up. So just to recap, I think in order to have a successful quarterly planning cycle, you want to make sure you're tight on the storytelling, that you're being thoughtful about the bets you're making and not making, that you're outcome focused and tying to metrics where it makes sense, that you have a handle on your dependencies, and that staffing is, is figured out or called out where it needs to be called out. Um, so with that, uh, wish me luck as we get through our planning process for Q2, and uh, good luck to everybody else who's probably going through the same thing.